Chapter 5 of On the Exercises of Piety by Jean Chabert. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 Holy Mass. Section 1 What Takes Place at the Altar. Holy Mass, which is the heart of all religion, the fountain from which Christian life flows forth is also the centre towards which all our pious exercises and many devotions converge what prayer in its various forms develops in us is a holy thirst for the divine springs which are open to us in the mass wherein god himself comes to satiate us with his grace whoever is acquainted with the mysteries of the altar the beauties and riches of the mass has no need to be exhorted to come thereto he runs thither of himself borne along by his own heart to this divine trysting place we are taught by the faith indeed that the mass brings jesus christ himself on to our altars with a tractableness that is unspeakable every time that the priest utters the words of consecration jesus descends living into his hands beforehand there was on the altar a little bread and wine after the consecration there is neither bread nor wine under the appearances that remain we adore the body and blood the soul and divinity of jesus really present in their integrity we need not at all envy either the crib or the house in nazareth or the pious visitors of bethany or the cynical or the cross or heaven he who was the treasure of earth during his mortal life he who is the joy of angels and the crown of saints it is he whom we have under the veils of the mystery and of this our faith admits of no doubt the sacred linen is his swaddling clothes the priest's hands are his cradle the faithful rich or poor are those who adore him but the church teaches us the meaning of this transcendent presence jesus is there as victim the mass is a sacrifice the immolation of jesus on the altar is not bloody because the glorified state of the body of christ will not allow of the shedding of his blood but the priestly consecration by the very virtue of the words that tend to separate the body and blood has the full efficacy of a sacrifice it is the very sacrifice of calvary that is renewed and rendered present on the altar the victim is the same and he shows god the father the same gaping wounds addresses to him the same prayer extends the same protecting arms over the world and stretches out the same supplicating hands towards men thus then is the whole drama of the redemption reproduced before our eyes in each mass at the foot of the altar in the name of mankind the priest confesses all his sins and begs for pardon then up to the time of the gospel he revives in his own heart all the desires of the patriarchs and prophets for the messias who was to redeem israel he listens to his voice in the reading of the gospel he is present at the offering which he makes of his person and his life 
he calls upon all the choirs of angels to come together round the victim who is about to immolate himself lastly by the consecration all calvary becomes present on the altar and jesus suffers prays and dies for sinners as the sacrifice of calvary is the culminating point in the history of the world so is the consecration the central point of the mass when the immolation is completed the people come to purify their souls in the blood poured out to draw with both hands from the store of prayers and merits and to participate by communion in the life given to the world by this victim's flesh thus it is that in a short space of time sometimes amidst the grandeur of our ceremonies and sometimes in the silence of some dim oratory the great work of the redemption of men is renewed happy is he who then is found on this calvary at the foot of the cross no doubt even in the most humble of masses the blood of the chalice has such power that its influence extends to the whole of mankind but also without doubt this treasure belongs above all to those who have come to obtain the advantage of it and whose hands may draw from it persistently draw near then o christian to this dear victim the roman soldiers the deicide jews have left calvary approach without fear for the redeemer rejects none who come to him before the cross thou wilt find mary standing the magdalene prostrate the women in tears the well-beloved disciple in anguish the apostles returning like fearful ghosts the dead arising from their tombs to fill the train of the just one their deliverer the angels flocking to contemplate him who has just opened the gate of heaven for them and then the daily growing multitude of holy souls martyrs virgins priests workmen poor men and even kings who come to wash their garments in the blood of the lamb and to drink at the pure springs which renew or revive life have confidence o christian and with the thirsty crowd set thy lips to the wounds of the heavenly crucified one satiate thy heart with the adoration and prayer which he offers to god the father and with the graces of light and strength wherewith he sustains needy souls section two on attending mass if such be the value of a mass if it be the most noble act that is done on earth if it be par excellence the praise of god and the treasure of mankind what eagerness should not christians feel for the adorable sacrifice of the altar if they forsake it must it not be because they are not aware of its value further it is impossible to be too zealous in giving them instruction as to the value and the benefits of a mass those who know what mass means are desirous of hearing it they are grieved if they are deprived of it and if illness or business keeps them away from church if their occupations allow them any spare time they like to go to mass every day even making an effort to rise early not to lose its blessings pious people 
the duties of whose state of life leave them but little time hold daily mass to be the most important of their religious acts they rightly consider that mass must be preferred to any other devotional exercise and that it must be continued when there is no time for other exercises daily mass is the soul of piety any one who is religious will therefore never omit it without regret and will always make up for it by devoting an equal amount of time to contemplation of the sacrifice of calvary holy mass nevertheless however rich it may be in heavenly graces is only of value to souls in proportion as they know how to gain from it god's gifts the divine springs are there open and overflowing but still one must wish to quench one's thirst at them a passive attendance at mass would be sterile in this exercise as in all others only activity of soul can bear fruit in order to awaken and to maintain this interior activity a method is required but what method those who cannot keep up their attention without some external aid should always make use of a book and those who are more self-sufficing in the power of inward prayer should also use a book from time to time to renew their supply of thought and feeling in the case of both the book must have to do with the sacrifice of the mass any other book would distract the mind and heart from what takes place at the altar on sunday it will always be the official mass book of the diocese for on solemn feasts the prayers of the faithful should follow the prayers of the priest and use the same words as far as possible on weekdays principally in masses at which communion is received it is a good thing to use those prayers in our devotional manual that have been written for attendance at mass or else some chapter from the fourth book of the imitation of christ for then we only look for something in our book which is capable of fastening our attention on the very subject matter of the mass and of stirring up our souls to an impulse of prayer whether it be aroused within us by books or whether it spring up spontaneously in our hearts prayer is the form that our inward activity should take during holy mass but this prayer will find expression in various ways according to the degree of education and the actual dispositions of those who pray the most simple of the faithful will join at least in the prayers of the priest and will say for instance lord i scarcely know what my needs are and i do not know how to tell thee of them but this priest at the altar is praying in my name and for me hearken unto him all that he is saying to thee i say unto thee all that he is asking from thee i ask too all that he is promising thee i too promise accept his prayer as if it were mine and may the prayer avail for my own soul for my dear departed ones and for the whole church when these thoughts and feelings are even vaguely present in a christian's heart all that he does 
even his attitude becomes a prayer those christians whose faith has a clearer outlook will unite with the prayer of jesus living in the priest and under the sacred species and they will say something like this i offer thee o my god the prayer of my saviour jesus the prayer in which he spent the nights of his life on earth the living prayer with which he intercedes on our behalf in heaven the prayer that breaks forth in a powerful cry of supplication in this transcendent sacrifice of the mass accept this prayer instead of mine i know not what of honour thou deservest nor what are my own needs in respect of grace nor what expressions i ought to use in speaking to thee but jesus can do all i offer thee his adoration and thanksgiving and supplication if i deserve not that thou shouldest hear my words at least thou wilt not reject those of jesus we shall penetrate still further into the intentions of the sacrifice if we offer god our lord as an expiatory victim in such a spirit we may say to him as we follow the different parts of the mass if thou markest our iniquities o god we shall not dare to affront thee by coming into thy presence but in the name of the saviour whom thou hast given us turn away thine eyes from our sins he whom sinful humanity is called for by its ardent desires he whom the prophets have announced with the tremor of hope and joy he who has brought into the world the good news of salvation he who has shed his blood to wash away our sins jesus is there upon the altar a willing victim setting before thee the wounds of his scourging of his crowning with thorns and of his crucifixion hearken to the pleading of his wounds they cry for mercy on our behalf o god thou demandest reparation here it is it is infinite like the majesty that we have outraged let the just anger in thine eyes be appeased as they dwell upon the sweet and dear face of thy son jesus christ and lastly the more interior souls will offer themselves to god with jesus christ for the sins of the world they will then say to jesus though i am but a sinner o my saviour jesus grant that i may unite with thee in dying with thee and in redeeming men with thee thou hadst but one life to immolate to thy father i offer thee another mine own in order to take part in the same sacrifice lay me on the altar along with the bread and the wine pronounce over me o high priest the words that shall transform me into thee once changed into thee and enriched with thy merits like thee i will be a victim i will give thee my body my mind my senses and my will in order that all that i am may enable thee to extend and complete the work of thy divine passion thy flesh did not suffice to satisfy thy desire for suffering lo here is mine make use of it to satiate thyself in me with sorrow and expiation 
and as it would be vain to say this if i were not ready to do it i accept all the sufferings and contradictions and humiliations that may befall me to-day grant that after attending this mass in which thou art the victim i may make of this day now beginning an unceasing mass in which i myself shall be the whole burnt offering these thoughts and many others of a similar christian tenor will keep the soul on the alert and enable the believer to make holy mass an ever fruitful and consoling exercise End of chapter five